Buckaroo Holiday. Family Axe. Did you hear that? I crack on the low notes. At the end again, once more. Listen so much, you're really gonna get hoarse. Don't force. But he said to sing it loud and I can't sing it any other way like that. You're forcing it, you really overdo it. You never sing it that loud, never. It's the only way I can get the notes out, it's too high. Here we go. Don't let them push you around, girls. You just do what you're doing. It's fine. With your New York accents and all. <laughs> That's the Shangri-Las, of course. Two pairs of sisters from Queens, New York. They went to Andrew Jackson High School together. And Mary Weiss and her sister Betty. And Margie Ganser and Marianne Ganser, who were twins. And kind of like the Shirelles, who were also high school pals in uh, Passaic, New Jersey. You know, the Shangri-Las had that authenticity. They were their audience. And when these girls were singing their songs of anguish and yearning and lust and doubt and romance and melodrama, they meant it. And that radiates off the records. In both cases, the Shirelles being very sweet, almost heartbreakingly sweet, and the Shangri-Las being tough. Tough girls, hoodie girls, 
but just this tender underneath, just this sweet. Now they worked with some of the greatest arrangers, producers, and songwriters in history, really. Carol King and Burt Bacharach, etc. And I'll get back to them in a second, but it was the girls. They had a magic that still shines from those grooves. I really love them, and I didn't intend to start this show with the Shangri-Las, but Mary Weiss just died, and it's a great loss. So I uh, wanted to tip a hat to her, lift my buckaroo to her memory for all the great music she gave us for so long. And it's apropos for a few reasons, because this is a commissioned show about family acts. Now, the Shangri-Las, obviously, with two pairs of sisters, qualify. But it's also, uh, you know, one of these things about these shows, sometimes a theme like this that might just seem like, oh, that's a clever idea, that could make for some fun things. It has uh, resonance and subtext that you don't really expect. When I was thinking about the Shangri-Las, I think about my brother. I've talked about on shows before, I think, how he decided to be my mentor and things artistic particularly when it came to visual art and um, music. And Shangri-Las, that was his stuff. He loved him. So this family resonance for me, not just the love of the music. But anyway, the show is commissioned by Ron. Now, Ron has commissioned a series of shows. He's really a serial commissioner on Buckaroo Holiday. Very, very important member of the team. And we were talking about, he just, he wanted to commission some shows. He came up with a couple of ideas. This was one of them. He has another one that I will also take up as a bonus thing because he deserves a bonus commission. This will be in several parts, I think, because there's so many family acts. It's going to be mostly brothers and sisters, some parents and children. I'm not going to do married couples or things like that because uh, then you just get, you know, it's impossible. But um, I mentioned Carol King and Burt Bacharach. These acts, the Shirelles and the Shangri-Las, their music came out of the Brill Building. And that's another commission that's coming up. And I'll tell you all about that later. But right now we're doing Ron's commission. And um, he commissioned the show before the holidays. And I knew it was going to have to wait because I had to do the Christmas show and the New Year's show along with all the other stuff that's going on. Our lives have been really, I mean, I'm always bitching about my life, you know, but believe me, so would you. It's, uh, it's been crazy. The last few months especially have been unreal, to tell you the truth. And this show has been in the works this whole time, but intermittently. And it gets changed a lot. But a lot's changed in my family. That's going to come into play, too. Back to Ron. Ron's a great guy. And he's a Canadian. So I think it's only fitting that we begin the show with a set of Canadian family acts. We'll start with a record that's um, actually very family intensive because it's the McGarrigal sisters, Kate and Anna McGarrigal. And um, I think Kate was married to Loudon Wainwright III, the songwriter and singer, and had two kids with him. That was Rufus Wainwright and Martha Wainwright. So Kate and Anna are Canadian. Loudon is American. And I don't know what Rufus and his sister consider themselves. But they qualify as a family and as Canadians, and they're all on this recording. Loudon and Kate and Anna and Rufus and Martha, all of them, singing a song by Loudon Wainwright. So the McGarrigals are from Montreal, Quebec, and so is the next act, Arcade Fire. You probably know about them, so I won't spend a whole lot of time talking about them. 
They're doing a song here called Une Année Sans Lumière. How'd I do with that? I don't know. I'm no francophone. I think it means a year without sun. And I know the feeling. Then we're going to head over to Winnipeg, Neil Young's neck of the woods, for uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yep, yep. Originally, it was Randy Bachman, who had been in the Guess Who and in Brave Belt, and his two brothers, Robbie Bachman and Tim Bachman, along with Fred Turner, who was not a Bachman. Because, you know, if he was, it just would have been called Bachman Overdrive. Now we get to the second album by Bachman Turner Overdrive, and that was really their breakthrough record. It contained a big, big hit that I like to call Taking Care of Business. But I'm not going to play that, no, no. See, throw that curveball. You know me. Now I'm going to play a song that uh, describes a condition that I enjoy being in. The title of the song is Blown. <laughs> yeah, you know me, I'm sorry. What can I tell you? When they go low, I go, yuck, 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 yuck. Anyway, now you may think these songs are kind of recent and old, right? Nah, nah. Bachman Turner Overdrive ain't old. That ain't old. You know what I know what's old? 1916. And I got one here from 1916. It's a record by William Brown, Tom Brown, Alec Brown, Percy Brown, Fred Brown, and... Vern Brown, oddly enough called the Six Brown Brothers, all of whom are playing saxophones here on a number called Pussyfoot March. And I'm not going to make a dirty joke about that. What do you think I am over here? Anyway, (laughs) so thank you, Ron, for your generous commission. As always, deeply appreciated. And I hope you enjoy the show. There's some kismet in the choice of this topic, as I mentioned before, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, let's get to those Wainwrights and McGarrigals. For starters, welcome to Buckaroo Holiday. Family Acts.
1916. Mighty long time ago. Very dark days, the likes of which we may be on the brink of re-entering. Hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, so, yeah, talking about the uh, unexpected significance of this show, personally. You know, I'm a family man. I've talked about it a lot. It's the most important thing in my life. Um, my family's been struggling with a lot of things lately, and we just suffered a real blow. Um, we had to put our dog Pumpkin to sleep. And, you know, I guess there's people who don't really get the uh, depth of that kind of a loss. Well, most people do, I think. Anyone's had a pet knows the pain. I've had pets in the past that died, and it was rough. But nothing, nothing prepared me for this. And I don't think I'm going to really talk about it because I don't really think I can um, right now. It's too, way too fresh. As it turned out last night, I did talk more about it, and I'm deleting all that. It's uh, too much. It's way too much. And I just want to tell you about the next few tracks that I'm going to play. Two of them were already set up in this sequence on one of the earlier versions of this podcast for all this happened. So I don't know why I selected those two songs and put them together as I did, but it seems pretty appropriate to the current circumstance because they're two of the most beautiful songs, I think, in terms of their message and the feeling they convey in all of pop music. The first one is uh, from the Kinks. Of course, Ray and Dave Davies brothers, battling brothers often, and uh, it's a song of gratitude, profound song. Second one is by Five Stair Steps, who were sometimes six stair steps. Allo Jean, Clarence Jr., James, Dennis, and Kenneth Burke, and uh, they also had a sibling named QB who was in the group for a while, and at that point they just called the band the Five Stair Steps and QB. <laughs> as opposed to like how the Jacksons went from the Jackson 5 to the Jacksons. So you gotta wonder, was QB a stair step? Or was he somehow a part? A landing? Perhaps a banister? Hard to say. But in any case, I'm gonna choose to view this as a two-way message from us to Pumpkin and from Pumpkin to us. That's what I'm gonna imagine. First one is a song of gratitude and love and the pain of loss. Second one is a song of encouragement and hope. All of that is very necessary. So we will get to the kinks and to the five stair steps in just a minute, but I'm gonna start with a song of mine. I'm not gonna put that third because I don't wanna invite comparisons. Let's get mine out of the way before we bring on the better songs. It's a song from my last album, A Room of Voices, which was conceived as a collection of demos. And that's pretty much what it is. And it's about the family, and it includes our children singing with me, Lily, Miles, and our bonus daughter, Adriana. We live a fairly eccentric life, and we're fairly unusual people, I think. A lot of others certainly treat us that way. And the song was to celebrate that. We have a sign in our living room. It's a, called Magnetic Donkey Party. And it's a um, pin the tail on the donkey game from the 60s or 50s. The graphic is great, so it's use it as wall art. And I'm using that term as a um, name for this life we live as a family. Magnetic Donkey Party. It's just silly. It's just silly and goofy. And first uh, verse is about colors, uh, flowers blooming on a barren ground, a dead ground, which is what I felt I was before this family. And uh, 
I name all the flowers and give them characteristics because that's what you do. You will beauty into the world and then you let its will enrich your life on its own. So we talk about Mary Jonquil, Tender Gentian, Posh Chrysanthemum. It's absurd. Trusty, dusty rose. But then we talk about why we had these kids and how we hope that ultimately they're glad we brought them here. That's it, uh, simply put. And it's not much, but it's worth hearing to hear their beautiful voices singing behind me. Speaking of behind me, you hearing um, Nat Adderley and Cannonball Adderley with Bluegrass Groove. And I'll play them more foregrounded in another part of this show or its companion. But now this.
you for the days Those endless days, those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the days I won't forget a single day, believe me I bless the light I bless the light that lights on you, believe me And though you're gone You're with me every single day, believe me Days I remember all my life Days when you can't see wrong from right You took my life But then I knew that very soon you'd leave me But it's alright Now I'm not frightened of this world, believe me I wish today would be tomorrow Life is dark, it just brings sorrow, let it wait Thank you for the days Those endless days, those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the days I won't forget a single day, believe me Days I remember all my life Days when you can't see wrong from right You took my life But then I knew that very soon you'd leave me But it's alright Now I'm not frightened of this world, believe me Things are gonna be easier Ooh, 
to be brighter Dat 
het leven verste zij kwijt. Meet lucht in boekier en oor en zeker weer een midlik. Alle kruisen klein, op en zomer geen meer zo'n leven lang. Wenschen meer met je zang, kreeg, 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 lachaien. Lachaien. It's a life. That's a toast, don't you know? So lift one if you got one to our wonderful pumpkin. That was, in fact, pumpkin you heard at the beginning of that, Barkin. That was recorded on the last full day we had her here. And L'Chaim from Fiddler on the Roof was performed by the Barry Sisters. Clara and Minnie, originally the Bagelman Sisters. <laughs> Oi, how much more Jewish can you get? And they started performing in the late 1930s and continued through the... 70s, I think, into the 70s. Played on the Yiddish circuit, and especially popular in the Catskills, of course. And they were active during that period of American culture that I consider the peak of American culture, not coincidentally because of the enormous influence of the genius of the Jewish soul. I've long maintained that the period after World War II, when America embraced the Jews, or seemed to, after what happened during the war, was the richest and most fertile period for pop music, classical music, humor, art, film, theater, etc. in America. And the Jewish heart was beating at the center of it all. No question about it in my mind. And in fact, the recognition of other cultures that also had great influence in American art was due to the moral position of Jews. There would have been no civil rights movement without them. Anyway, um, gonna play something by Maggie, Terry, and Suzy Roach. I don't have to tell you much about them. We've heard them on the show before, I've talked about them before, and everybody knows them. Just uh, mention that this song, Face Down at Folk City, is a collaboration that the sisters did. And um, it's a great kind of humorous and touching story about the humiliations one experiences on the singer-songwriter-performing circuit. After that, I'm going to play something by an act I don't think gets quite enough credit. The Dillards were a bluegrass act out of Missouri, just like Joe Williams, come to think of it. Doug Dillard and Rodney Dillard founded the band. They played banjo and guitar, respectively. And they were one of the first bands to do this kind of pop or rock and country meld that became a lot more um, well-known through the Birds and Flying Burrito Brothers and bands like that. The sound that they pioneered around 1965, they weren't the only ones doing it. You can hear echoes of it around the same time in um, the Beatles, What Goes On, for example. Um, you certainly hear it soon afterwards in the Monkees and uh, Buffalo Springfield. This song reminds me a lot of not only What Goes On, but Go and Say Goodbye by Buffalo Springfield. But they were really among the first doing this kind of thing. If you discount early rock and rollers like the Everleys, who had a lot of country in what they were doing as well. But this particular hybrid, the Dillards can claim priority. So it's called Don't You Cry, and I like that advice right now. Then we're going to have a kind of a meeting of family acts. 
because it's a song that was written by Ira Gershwin and George Gershwin, two of the Gershwin brothers. Of course, there's a lesser-known Gershwin named Rory Gershwin that Gus Bodenheim profiled so memorably on Erwin Chusen's show. But they wrote I Got Rhythm, and George did this arrangement of it, variations on I Got Rhythm. And here's the theme, the introduction, performed on two pianos by a pair of French sisters, Katia and Marielle, the sisters Lebec. And by the way, the racket you hear behind all this was created by the Fair brothers, Jad and David, half Japanese, with do-do-do, do-do-do. And please do enjoy this number from the Roach sisters, Maggie, Terry, and Suzzy.
unlike the Walker Brothers or the Righteous Brothers, um, other bands like that, Sly and the Family Stone were a family act. Sly Stone, Sly Stewart, and his sister Rose and his brother Freddie. And that single came out in 1969. A good year in the short but incandescent career of that great, great band. Behind me now you hear the Brothers Johnson, a song called Q, kind of a tribute to Quincy Jones. At least I'm pretty sure it is, because uh, Impractical Jokers was nowhere near on the air yet by then. No, that wasn't until decades later, so uh, Quincy Jones it had to be. I think I should mention, I, uh, I apologize to Ron and the rest of you if this is off today. I can't tell. Um, with everything that's going on, I've been having really lousy sleep, and I don't know if it's affecting this or not. I do know that I'm going to try to get this thing finished and get it posted tonight. And if it runs a little short, never fear, because it's going to be at least two parts. I have a conversation coming up with Jim Allen that we did recently talking about the Bee Gees, one of the great family acts, one of the greatest acts of all time, in my opinion. And I haven't touched on the Beach Boys yet either, but uh, Jim and I will be talking about the Bee Gees and playing some stuff you may not be familiar with from them. And that will probably be on the second part of this. The other commission that I mentioned before is a survey of the Brill Building. I'm going to try to get in touch with an old friend of mine I haven't talked to in a while, Ken Emerson, music writer who wrote, I guess, the definitive book about the Brill Building, Always Magic in the Air. If you can find that book, I don't know if it's still in print or available at all, but it's a great book. Ken Emerson also wrote the book Duda, fantastic book about Stephen Foster. And uh, Ken's just a great guy, and I, I hope I can get a hold of him because I know he moved and um, see if we can talk about the Brill Building for that show. But whether or not I get a hold of Ken, look forward to that, because it's coming very soon. It's going to be great. And mentioning Jim Allen, I kind of wish he was here right now. I should give him a call and find out if uh, I'm pronouncing the name right on the Giles Brothers. Are they the Giles Brothers? I think it's Giles. Of Giles, Giles, and Fripp. You know, he's a big King Crimson fan, so he knows these guys. Peter and Michael Giles, bassist and drummer respectively, started out in a band called Trendsetters Limited before doing Giles, Giles, and Fripp. And I'm going to play a track by that band. The way it starts, it sounds like um, the beginning of Silence is Golden by the Four Seasons had a baby with Swan's Splashdown by Perry and Kingsley. I know, it's a little anal, but... Reminds me, <laughs> reminds me of that. Go away, it's called. And before that is a song from roughly around that same time, slightly later, but it was a band called Spectrum, which was the first band for Richard and Karen Carpenter, as well as possibly his diagnosis. No, I'm kidding. I'm, don't get sore. It's a lush and inventive thing called All I Can Do. You're going to hear Billie Eilish, a very popular and very downcast kind of a performer. She records with her brother Phineas, and I think she's really talented. A uh, song's called Six Feet Under, so guess what you're in for? How I lost myself again, but I remember you. Don't come back, it won't end well, but I will.
did a lot of yakking before and I'm not going to waste a lot of time yakking right now. Get right to some more music. I'm going to play a live set and it'll start with the brothers Adderley, who I talked about before, Cannonball Adderley and Nat Adderley, with a very popular song called Work Song. I think Nat wrote it. And this version has Ernie Andrews singing the vocal. Often it's just an instrumental number. It was also done to great success by Herb Alpert, the Tijuana Brass, but of course they changed it quite a bit. Then, you know, earlier I was talking about my brother and his love for the Shangri-Las, and then my brother Brian, who also loved Sly and the Family Stone, who you heard before, was nuts about the Chambers Brothers. He used to see them all the time at the Fillmore, and it's a pretty safe bet he's in the audience that you're going to hear on this recording from the Fillmore East of People Get Ready, Curtis Mayfield, him, I guess, that the Chambers Brothers made a big hit out of. And then, you know, I... uh, I love Michael Jackson's Rock With You. It's my favorite by far of his records. And I figured, why not play it again? But this time, a live version that he did with his brothers in 1981. So, the brothers Adderley, then the brothers Chambers, and then the brothers Jackson. And in case you're wondering, the sound you're hearing behind me is once again half Japanese. Jad and David Fair. So here we go, produced by uh, David Axelrod. It's Joe Zavanul on keyboards. The Adderley Brothers. Rocks out cheer on the team gang Breaking rock and serving my time Breaking rocks out cheer on the team gang Because I've been convicted of crime Hold it steady right there while I hit it Well, I reckon, yeah, that ought to get it I've been working I've been working And I still got so terrible long to go I heard the judge say five years hard labor On the chain gang, you're gonna go I heard the judge say five hard labor. Heard my woman scream, oh Lord, and no, I hold it steady right there while I get it. 
Great God Almighty, yeah, that ought to get it because I'm working. Because I'm working and I still got so terrible on the go. I want to see my sweet honey baby. I'm gonna break this chain off and run. I gotta find a tree nice and shady. Lord knows it's a hot in the sun. Well, hold it steady right there while I hit it up. Uh, well, I reckon, yeah, that ought to get it because I'm working. I've been working and I still got so terrible on the go. Well, breaking them rocks, breaking them rocks, breaking them rocks all night long. Breaking these rocks, breaking these rocks, breaking these rocks, trying to get strong. Well, I need chains, I need chains.
soft and sweet, wise and wonderful, who are mystical, magical Nanny. Since the day that Nanny came to stay with us, fantastic things keep happening. Is there really magic in the things she does, or is love the only magic thing? It's a silly name, and so many silly things keep happening. What is this magic thing about Nanny? Is it love? Hey, old timers, who remembers that one? Nanny and the Professor, Juliet Mills, right? Another family show, right? Had a family in it, kids, dad. And Nanny, but uh, we're concerned with that theme song you just heard. It was written and performed by the Adrisi brothers, Don and Dick Adrisi. They started actually in a family acrobatic act before they went into music, and supposedly Lenny Bruce got them some help in their early musical career. But um, anyway, a few years down the line, they really found their fame as songwriters. And they wrote that theme for, I think it was ABC sitcom, Nanny and the Professor. But before that, they had their biggest hit with a song for the group, The Association. I'm crazy about this song. It's called Never My Love, and you'll hear the Idrisi Brothers' own version of that. And while we're in that general neck of the woods, you may as well visit with the Cowsills, who did the original theme for Love American Style, also on ABC, and of course had their own string of hits. And I've told you before, uh, we saw the Cowsills, my family, and Joe Williams saw them in uh, Pennsylvania, the Steel Stacks in uh, Allentown, Bethlehem, somewhere down there. And we met them afterwards and talked to them, and Susan Cowsill was so kind to Lily. Um... Lily was really in the early throes of her illness then, and the attention that Susan Castle paid to Lily had her glowing, and I'll always be grateful to her for that. So you're going to hear the theme from Love American Style, as done by the Castles, and also a song that they did a few years back that I first heard in a documentary film about the Castles, which was heartbreaking. The story was just so brutal, but um, the song's called Some Good Years. And it reflects um, their buoyancy, their optimism, and the really good spirit of these people. Incredible live performers, too. Just one of the best harmony acts you'll ever hear. And let's see, maybe we'll take this opportunity to also stop in and visit the Von Trapps. You remember them from The Sound of Music, original Austrian singing family sensation. You'll hear a little yodel piece from the original Von Trapps, recorded way back then think before Rodgers and Hammerstein even wrote the musical. And then we'll play something unusual. It's a version of Edelweiss from The Sound of Music, sung by the actress who played Liesel in the original movie, Charmian Carr? Charmian? Charmaine? I don't know. Sorry about that, but um, she was a young lady in those days, and she was an old lady when this was recorded. She died in 2016. I blame Trump. I know, right? The bastard. But she does this fragile version of Edelweiss with the grandchildren of the Von Trapps, who are a singing group themselves, and they call themselves the Von Trapps, accompanied by the lounge band Pink Martini. 
But it's very moving to hear her sing this tune with all its connections to the original production and the original Von Trapps. And for me, the family experience of my own when I was a kid watching this movie, which I then repeated with my own kids. Shelley and I uh, made sure that they caught the sound of music. I'm sure that some of you have noticed by now that behind me is a recording by two generations of Brubeck. That's Dave Brubeck, naturally, and his sons Darius, Chris, and Dan, with Peter Madcat Ruth on harmonica, who happens to be a good friend of my pal Chris Kluge. All right, let's go, starting with the Idrisi brothers with Never My Love. You ask me if there'll come a time when I grow tired of you. Never my love Never my love You wonder if this heart of mine Will lose its desire for you Never my love
Behind me, you'll hear the Seven Seas Symphony from the Bee Gees album, Odessa. And this was one of the orchestral pieces that they wrote for that album that made me a fan in the first place. I guess I was like nine years old or something like that. And uh, at the time, I really mostly listened to classical music. I was really into um, Richard Strauss and uh, Rimsky-Korsakov and such like. And my brother had this album, Odessa, Brother Brian had it uh, with the velvet cover, like a red velvet flocked cover, piqued my interest. And when I listened to it, some great songs, but it had these little 
classical type pieces. So I was really impressed that you had this pop band that could do both things and uh, was hooked for several years, big time, with the Bee Gees. And as I mentioned, I'm going to feature them in an upcoming sequel to this very soon, very soon. But I'm going to knock this one on the head now because it's uh, earlier than my usual two-hour duration. But, um, you know, obviously, uh, I'm not really in my... um, full mind right now. I'm, I'm elsewhere. I'm uh, coping. <laughs> coping hard. Just a pinch between my cheek and gum. But I want to get this thing posted because it's been a while between shows. Oh, I'm talking like Gus again. Been a while. Uh, it's been a while between shows and I want to get this thing posted for y'all and I'll get to work on the continuation of it right away as well as the Brill Building which is already underway and another regular show. Ideally, these shows are like therapy to me, in part. It's, but sometimes uh, the therapy thing can go too far, and I don't want it spilling out all over your ears um, so indulgently as it might have seemed tonight. I'm going to leave with one song that, uh, I guess, enters the groovy square category. This will be a song by The Arbors. And The Arbors were a band from Michigan... And they were made up of two pairs of brothers, so it's kind of like the Shangri-Las. Ooh, it's like bookends. See what I did here? Wow. I'll pretend I planned it. Tom Herrick and Scott Herrick, and Ed Farron, and Fred Farron. <laughs> These guys uh, had a big hit called A Symphony for Susan, and they sort of were like um, in that, uh, kind of in the vein of the tokens, or um, on the smoother side, maybe the Letterman, maybe the Critters, you know, in that vein, but that's Groovy Square. Like, that's firmly groovy square territory. And they looked it, too. I'm all for it. So they did this record in 1969 that included some covers and strange vocal exercise type of things. And I'm going to include that on an upcoming groovy square special, too. One of those things, a motet that they do. But here is a uh, highly unusual version of a then-recent big hit by a very huge band. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it'll be odd when you recognize it. And once you get past the camp strangeness of it, it's actually pretty beautiful, I think. Let's see if you agree. And if you don't, I think you'll probably find it weird enough to listen to. So, win-win, right? I want to thank all my friends who've written on the email and on the Patreon about Pumpkin and uh, sent your sympathies, your condolences, thanks. It really means a lot to me. And um, and the chorus of the song that you're about to hear is the message that I send to our beautiful Pumpkin. Thank you, Ron, and thank you all for listening to Buckaroo Holiday. Here's the Arbors.
promise that you made Why won't you tell me what she said What was that promise that she Stars fall from the sky.